check, 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 one, two. Welcome to the Dispatches from the Scandamaniac podcast. Uh, can you do me a favor and uh, ring the bell there, Alex? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess my, my first question, Alex, is your last name Perret or Parrot? And I'd ask, funny, I don't know this. Uh, it's Parrot, pronounced like the bird, but spelled differently. <laughs> okay, but like your french side of the family did they say parrot too or they is it parrot yeah oh, okay i frequently get people saying uh parrot parrot and it's like it's just parrot interesting yeah. do you know is that is it a french name or is uh, it i believe actually it's not french so as i was talking to you yeah. earlier uh my dad was born in quebec but uh his family's actually from i guess it'd be like the uk oh, okay. so i think it's actually uh yeah, yeah, so when he lives in Quebec, I'm sure he gets lots of parades or <laughs> parrots. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no, there's no accent not... aigu. There's no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. no special French spelling. It's just parrots. Okay, good. That yeah. I, I've been saying that for years, yeah. but I've been unsure, <laughs> and now I finally got to ask you on the recording of this. So the whole world knows now. Yeah, actually, well, no one listens to this, and I, uh, I guess, hello to my my listeners. My my parents listen to it, and I've had lots of good conversations. But this is the first one I've done in over a month, and uh, I'm just gonna talk right now for a minute about what I've been up to the last month because provide an update to my listeners is uh, about a month ago I went home for the Okanagan, uh, hung out with the parents, and then I did a ten day meditation course where you meditate. From 4 a.m. in the morning to 9.30 at night every day. Holy you sit for about 10 hours a day. You don't eat food after noon. You don't talk. So that's you, why you're looking skinny. Yeah, yeah. I definitely lost some weight. You, <laughs> like, you can't exercise. You can't engage with other people at all. The genders are segregated. It's, like, very, very Whoa. intense. A bunch of crazy fucking Buddhists, man. So are there three, three different rooms then for genders? <laughs> yeah, well, they've actually like ran into that issue. Of, like, okay. I'm just, they, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do they navigate that? I don't think they they. I think they're still in a non-binary world and oh, okay. the three thousand year old tradition of vipassana <laughs> Buddhist meditation. Fair enough. Just thought I'd ask. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a funny question. Um, and then what did I do after that? And then I just saw. I don't know, maybe we'll just kind of naturally talk about that in conversation. I actually yeah. haven't really even thought about it since it's happened. It was yeah. just like, oh, shit, I did that. Yeah. No, at the very least, you get, like, a really cool sense of, like, uh, like accomplishment. Like, it's a, it's really hard. Like, it's every emotion you could ever feel in a day is that, like, really bored as fuck, really sad, really happy, like, when you get to eat some food <laughs> really angry that you're just doing this it's just like really spikes and then it kind of like mellows out in the last few days and you get in a routine and then you kind of like learn how to meditate and there's like these these hours it's usually done in one hour chunks sometimes like yeah. longer ones where you just like time flies by you're just like completely thoughtless in your brain and that's, you know, yeah, well, I think that's, that's the goal the idea, right? yeah. yeah and you get like i, I clarity you know like when you have those moments of clarity where your brain's like oh this is like how you should actually think like sequentially yeah. about an issue you know not just like oh blah, 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 blah. well um, our brains today especially like you know screens technology and all that sort of all those sort of yeah, things have like prevented us from doing that yeah and i so i think that's probably the other like so many things happen to me there and it's hard to like 
make it causal of like whether it has anything to do with the meditation or the technique because it's like that's the first time in years i've gone 10 days without alcohol without meat without my phone without like without meat so oh i guess that's that's part of they're the, feeding you yeah. yeah and they're vegetarians okay. and like there's like you know Wow. It's just so, so it was many. like a, a <laughs> detox or a yeah, rehab there's like for, so for many brain. things going on that it was completely like wow. whoa foreign. And did you have any idea that you were like you were not going to be eating meat? You probably knew you weren't going to be drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know everything kind of going in. You know, they tell you everything, and you read okay. all about it, and they like and so they you ask you forty times, like, "Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, you can do this." Um, yeah, and then it was actually funny. Uh, on the last day it happened everyone's like was really happy and like you get to talk to everyone on the last day and yeah. like despite the fact that you haven't like talked to any of these people for nine days you kind of like see them and you have roommates and like you gain little connections and whatnot okay so like a hundred people there and all sorts of people like you know 60 year old people and like quite a few indian people and like quite yeah. a lot of young hippies but like people who are clearly dying too like a really, really? diverse kind of group of people who are you know like it's kind so of like, like a secular Trump. buddhism thing going okay. on interesting um where is that in ok the okanagan yeah yeah so this one was in Merritt, bc which okay. is like an hour yeah. from where i grew up so which is kind of nice like I, when i walked in the forest every day it's like oh these are, i recognize these trees and right. shit um but i actually on the last day was just like crying and so overwhelmed and i think this is like i'm kind of like borderline autistic and that like sometimes i get overwhelmed in crowds yeah. so it was like 10 days of completely being in your head and then like in the hall there's just like boom, 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 and people are like coming up to me they're like oh you got rid of your mustache and they're like trying to like talk to me and i'm like holy shit i don't understand how you people like i felt like i was like in a different universe <laughs> and just got ripped out and like was really overwhelmed and then i like didn't like you like you you obviously have a lot of time to think about everything in your life. And like, you can like, after like two days, you like stop thinking about anything kind of superfluous. And you start like, you do really get into like why and start recognizing your thought patterns and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, cool. I mean, yeah. I've, I've, um, kind of with what I've been going through, I've, tried meditation and i found it to be helpful it's not easy like you're no, saying like, i think I, I personally i think a 10-day retreat would be great i think um yeah i think well like you know you're not you're not eating meat you're not drinking alcohol you're, you're not allowed to have caffeine are you either no there there was like there's tea so i was drinking tea. green tea yeah which but no, like there's no coffee, I'm assuming. I think there was like a thing of instant coffee there. Oh, there like, was? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't My mom's it. done one. It was just a weekend yoga yeah. meditation retreat and there was no coffee allowed. And she's a caffeine addict or what? Yeah, so I'm not a caffeine snuck, addict, so I didn't even like notice that wasn't that wasn't one of mine. <laughs> no, fair But enough. if but you I, were a coffee addict and a cigarette addict, it really fucked. would have added to the difficulty. Yeah, that's a whole other, whole other ball game. Imagine getting over a nicotine addiction while trying to meditate. Yeah, well, and they, they, like, do talk about the course. A lot of people do you do it as, like, a rehab. Like, you yeah. know, like, go in with coke problems and go in yeah. with, like, opiate addictions. And it's, like, it's so structured that, like, you Well, that's you what addicts do it. need. They, they don't, like, addicts don't have, yeah. There's no structure in their life at all. And so. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. pretty, pretty helpful. Um, cool. Yeah, and then, like, the day I got back, I took a work truck, and I drove down to the south of the lake and did a tour of all this legislation I've been working on the last, like, year and a half at work, which was nice because it's, like, as much as I was getting ripped back into work, like, driving to Hay River is, like, you know, a lot of time to think and process, and it's, like, 
I do think that my thinking pattern after it and like my communication skills of being like, hey, this is probably why I have this like shitty behavior. It's like I've never addressed this like insecurity in my life. Like a lot of those things have kind of come out of it. Yeah. And at the and like what they say in the course is like it's not really supposed to be about that. It's supposed to be about learning how to meditate. Like this mm-hmm. is a course. And then you go for it and you I would say that I now know how to meditate whatever that means like for the rest of my life because i'm one of those people who tried meditation but like never got more than a second of my brain <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, it was really just me sitting still whereas now i could be like i have a technique that allows me to focus on you know you focus on your breathing and different sensations it's like a, it's funny how many different ways there are to meditate yeah i uh i can say i'm i'm the exact same so i have an app on my phone that i try to use uh that helps you like it takes you through some breathing and stuff like that but my wife would be like you know you're so angry like you, you need to meditate and i was like and i got pissed i was like fuck do you mean i just have to <laughs> meditate just meditate like it's like you just sit there and it's like i like i know it's not just sitting there i know there's it, it's way more than that and it, it got me really frustrated because i was like you don't just meditate so when you tell me like you learned how to do it i was like oh man that's awesome yeah. I'm kind of jealous to, that you you have like the ability to meditate and you know like not think about things and calm calm your thoughts. I guess. You know? Yeah, and that's exactly it. Is that <laughs> I I do think that like so many people, including myself, are like, okay, I'll try meditation, and then it's like you just can't really like no matter how much self-discipline you have, you don't really get there. And this just like forces you like, no, you're going to fucking do it. And then you can like carry that. Like, okay, I kind of get what I'm supposed to do. It gives you some like, yeah, baseline technique or whatever. Get into the the zone, if you will. Yeah. And there's a reason that it fucking exists. Like obviously these monk fucking guys have been sitting for thousands of years and doing all sorts of crazy ass shit because some of them been living for a lot longer (laughs) than we have because of this, you know, like, yeah, Um, yeah, okay, I guess, Alex, I, uh, I guess for listeners, maybe just, do you want to talk about who you are? Like, what do you, what do you do in town? How do well, we every, know each other? What else? Everyone probably knows me, so I mean, I'm kind of a big deal. No, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I've been living here for almost five years, and, uh, I came up for a job like most people, you know, like, the north, the land of opportunity fake it till you make it kind of thing uh and yeah i work at a company called arctic response doing safety training did you come up here with arctic response yeah well like not with yeah i came Fourth. because there's a job so that's uh, like you offer. almost been with them for five years eh? yeah okay yeah no it's been it's been pretty great it suits me very well uh lots of diversity in the job things change a lot uh around people a lot which i like and uh yeah, no, it's it's been pretty good. You know, obviously every job has their frustrations, but overall, when I take a step back and look at it, it's really it's quite a quite a great job for me. Yeah, I kind of want your job actually. Maybe I'm gonna talk to our sponsor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could just create your own business. You want? I mean, we just kind of create things up as we go too. So, no, it's it's good. Um, yeah, and I guess other things that drew me to the north would be. Um, the outdoor pursuits, if you will. Uh, I used to be big into whitewater kayaking, uh, and I did that. I w- w- yeah, I wouldn't say I was like a pro pro, but I did it for seven years, and you know, it was a, a source of income. You were a, a classified boater. I was a classified boater. Yeah, I was <laughs> running waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and stuff like that. But 
um, I fell out of it for a variety of different reasons. Um, uh, one being getting into partying too much and the other being girl problems and mm -hmm. injuries and stuff like that. And oh, so wow. slowly but Very surely... typical problems. You know, it's... Uh, uh, you know, I fell out of the thing that I loved, uh, and, which is fine. Uh, but I came back up here, and, or came up here, I should say, and I found, fell back in love with fishing, and uh, I learned how to hunt too, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess maybe. I think that's kind of why we first became friends is hunting. Um, yeah, I remember you posted something on Facebook saying, "I want to go moose hunting," like. Who yeah. wants to go? And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll try that. And, there, and there's like this... And I thought you were some expert. <laughs> no, no, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Absolutely an idiot. Um, but I think there's something to just, you know, not even if it's hunting, just spending like that much time in the woods with a person that you like develop a connection that like we've spent hours and hours together in like, you know, silence too. Like yeah, just oh, yeah. in a boat going up river or whatnot. Yeah. Or you're just setting up camp. Um... Yeah, Which I mean, is kind of why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because we actually haven't chatted in a while, and uh, I know you've been going through some shit, and I could, I guess maybe, do you want to start with hunting? Let's, can we talk about, maybe tell you, you're, you're getting a moose this year, and then yeah. maybe talk about, like, how you feel about hunting and fishing, and kind of like, you know, as the, the natives would say in the north, being out on the land, like out how... the land and in the bush. Yeah, you know, doing bush camp, bush skills, <laughs> all the hashtag bush skills. Hashtag. How, how, you, how you kind of feel about that as a, as a person and, like, why you've settled on that. Um, it's a lot of questions there. <laughs> a lot of questions to answer, yeah. Uh, first off, I like being outside. Uh, I always find I'm happier when I'm outside. I think like most people, even though you don't realize it sometimes, you know, you're into your TV shows or you're reading even, and, you know, you spent a lot of time inside and then all of a sudden you go out for a walk and you're like, Oh shit. Like that was, that was really great. And I have found that whether I'm actually trying to quote unquote hunt or fish, uh, really what I like about it is that I'm actually just getting outside and in places where I might not normally go to like who the fuck goes around into like some random you know like just goes and bushwhacks for yeah, five yeah. kilometers just to see if they can find an animal like I don't know it, so yeah it gets me outside um and yeah so I guess I started hunting since being up here I was always interested in guns when I was a kid but I was never my dad wasn't into hunting he he taught me how to fish which was awesome. Um, but he had a whole bunch of friends that hunted and I always wanted to go. I always was like, ah, like dad, why don't we go hunting? And I, yeah, I later learned that my dad just, he, I don't think he could kill an animal. And you know, he, he, I don't think he could shoot a bird. He could, you know, catch fish and clean them and stuff. But other than that, it's uh he can't do it. And I don't blame him for it. It's hard. It's funny how so many people, I know lots of fishermen who don't hunt. Like they make yeah. that, they draw the line of fish. I'll yeah, kill they fish do. All And like he, I have, a, I've had this discussion with him. He's like, Oh, well, maybe I could kill a bird. And I was like, well, what's the difference between a bird and a moose or a deer? He's like, well, it's big. A moose is bigger. And I was like, it's still a living thing. And yeah, it's still like, you know, like that bird, <laughs> like looks after its young and is aware of that and you know they 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 have this drive to whatever they they, they can think they can feel well, I, 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 a raven smarter than a moose i exactly. can tell you yeah that. and uh <laughs> a raven know, has like way why, more why personality could you, why could you kill a duck and you can't kill a moose and it's, like, it's just this weird 
thing. And I think a lot of people are that way. It's like, oh, I, I could probably kill a rabbit, but I don't think I could do do a deer. It's like, well, that's weird thinking, but I kind of get it, I guess. No, and I kind of, I mean, I'll, I, I get it. I'll crush I don't, a I don't agree with not it. blink for a second. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. but some level it makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so the first, actually the first um, experience I had with hunting was with a friend of mine living in Victoria. And if anyone has or actually there i don't even know if they're there anymore but the rabbits yeah yeah uh we bought a slingshot a canadian tire and would go (laughs) on the campus and uh, slingshot rabbits and at first i was like i don't know how i feel about this and after we got the first one and ate it i was like oh man that was free food like that was and that's how i viewed it i was like oh shit that's like that's free protein um and i didn't really i had I would say I'm not, I don't like killing an animal. I don't like seeing it suffer. I don't like seeing a fish suffer. It just, it's like I have, I do have that moral compass. And, um, yeah, so I think, yeah. So first started, I guess, in Victoria, hunting rabbits with a slingshot. Um, and then I didn't really hunt, if you will, until moving back up here, where I would say is actually you, like, I had an interest in it. Uh, and then you had posted something on Facebook saying, Hey, like, let's, who wants to go moose hunting? And that's kind of where I guess my, we'll call, we'll call it big game hunting experience began. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll call it in quotations. Um, as, uh, well, we, we've gone out, well, we went out two seasons in a row and never got a moose. No, we never got, we, we, we saw one once <laughs> right? and we never got a moose and we're pretty unsuccessful uh which was a little disappointing but uh i think this past year i was i was incredibly determined to get one um and i kind of had a little like uh competition with myself and i don't know what you want to call it but i um as well i'll talk about it like i do have uh substance problems or whatever and i was going through a time and I was like, you know what, if I don't do drugs, I'm going to get a moose and I'm going to focus all my time, energy and money on doing that. And I want to call it karma, but I was, you know, clean and sober for a while. And sure enough, I got my moose and, um, yeah. So uh, that was kind of like the, the first time I ever killed a big animal. I was on my own. I wrote a whole Facebook post about it and um, I actually phoned into CBC and talked about it because there's this thing about posting pictures on, you know, social media and what's appropriate, what's not. Anyway, I did this whole hunt on my own. I, you know, went out to Boundary Creek, set up a canvas tent with a wood stove. Uh, and then the next day I went out on my own and I found like a pond where I thought there could be a moose and had no clue what I was doing. I started calling, uh-huh. cow calling, and then within 45 minutes, I hear, I hear one, and it was like the 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 knock of the antler on the the tree. Like it was just like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I I was like, no, I'm hearing things. And then I heard it again, like pretty shortly he's, after. He's my heart rate, my heart rate was 160. I swear to God, like it just like went through the roof. It was like, oh, fuck, it's game on. So. The, the knowledge I have about moose hunting is all based on YouTube. Like I just watch videos, read, read things. And so I started to mimic, you know, a cow that was presenting herself to a possible suitor. So, uh, making, you know, again, cow calls 
that sounded kind of like distressed cow calls because there might be a young bull around. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then when I started to hear the, gr- I could hear the grunting through the bush and you could hear this thing just tromping. Like it was like, oh shit, game's on. I'm going to get some. And, and then sure enough, uh, it just came crashing through the bush and uh, it just, I was kind of tucked down under uh, behind a bush, but I, I, you know that antler shed you found? Yeah, yeah. I have that still, <laughs> and I was using that, and I, I raked it. I raked it. it on the bush, and then it raked its antlers on the bush, and then I stepped out from behind the bush, and I raised that shed above my head, and it just looked at me, <laughs> and then it put its head down, and it started to walk like around the pond, and I was like, oh shit! So how far away is he right now? He's probably about a hundred to one hundred twenty-five yards. It was just yeah, across yeah. the pond, but you can yeah, see yeah. him like, oh, I'm gonna come and get you. Like I'm yeah, gonna yeah, walk yeah. across the, around this pond, and we're gonna see who's gonna get that female. Uh. I probably took the shot too early, to be honest, because uh, I was. Well, very, I'm sure your heart rate. Was I was just so jacked. excited. I was just jacked up. This is the first animal, like it's like one of the first moose I've seen this close in my life, and I, I, I was standing at first. I was like, it was just like the guy, the 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 reticles or the the crosshairs were just like everywhere. It's like no, Alex, like sit down. And sure enough, I sat down, but I was in like you know eight inches of water. <laughs> so I sat my ass down. I was like, didn't give a shit. And I actually set up kind of properly and I don't know what it was. He just like bent his head down, boom, shot. And I was like, did I get him? Did I not? He got, he kind of lifted his head, stumbled a bit and then like ran off. And I was like, I, I held my breath and I listened and it sounded like crash, crash, crash. And then I thought, I was like, I don't know. Did he just lay down? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I was like super unsure. I picked up my casing and I went and got my canoe and I kind of, you know, lumped it over the land into this pond and then paddled over. I didn't see any blood, no hair. I saw his tracks off in the bush. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's gone. So I sure enough, fall, fall, fall. And then all of a sudden I see a hoof. It's like just <laughs> point. I was like, oh, I like, I literally, holy fuck. And I go over and I like, you, you got to be careful with moose because they can uh, they may appear to be dead, but yeah, they can yeah, kind of get up, up and charge. So I approached with caution for <laughs> sure. But like his, he was like four legs in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dead. Uh, and I went over and I, I immediately like, I, I didn't quite cry, but I had tears in my eyes. I was really emotional. And I went over and I kind of, I, I thanked the moose. I, you know, I got down and I, you know, ran my, my hands through his fur and, you know, kind of appreciated the animal that it was and uh, what, you know, uh, thought about, you know, what it had been going through. I don't know, there's all these random yeah, yeah, thoughts going so... through my head that I didn't know what to do. And then I made a bunch of sap phone calls to friends, my wife, and I was just like, <laughs> I fucking did it! I got the mouse! They're like, no, you didn't! And I was like, yeah, I did! Uh, and like I said, I was by myself, and I'd never dressed a game animal. Again, just YouTube superstar and i uh i just I, I looked at it for probably half an hour i drank a beer and i was like all right i guess i'll start at the back and work my way forward yeah yeah so uh, i was using like my step grandfather's knife who's passed away and I, it was more of a ceremonial thing for me to be like all right i'm gonna use his knife and it was not a good night like it was <laughs> i had to sharpen it like every like two strokes taking the hide off make this story a little bit shorter. So I, and eventually I had friends, uh, Francois and Lynn who came out and I shot moose around nine 30 in the morning. They came, I think it was four 30 or five yeah. that they got there. And so I had half the moose done 
and then they helped with the other half and it was a lot faster and then i i honestly couldn't imagine pack, like packing it out was it was it was a ton of work but yeah, it was yeah. one of the most exhilarating things that i've ever done it, and like i've gone off 75 foot waterfall you know like <laughs> plummeting to what you would think be your death and this was and this is like one of my favorite stories ever in that um like you, you i read your write-up and it, i think someone on cbc kind of grabbed it and yeah you know, like it got shared a bit and there's this like the typical way people see hunting on social media is the grip and grin which is you you know you hold the antlers and you take a photo smiling above this dead animal mm-hmm. and like we've all seen that photo but like like you could have took that photo and it's like but without that further context, it's like people don't get it. Like, yeah. you know, this story is like fucking everything. It's like this radical solo adventure. It's you yeah. like overcoming addiction to be like, fuck it. I'm like, I mean, yeah. who wants to do drugs in the woods? It's yeah, like, exactly. You know, yeah. You're going solo. You're not partying. Yeah. And then like the amount of work. And then like you gave me a fucking bag of meat and I fucking yeah. ate a bunch of yeah. it. It was great. It's like, you know, the amount of food that comes out. Oh, of it. yeah. It's like. No, it's, it's, I, I think, um, you know, in terms of like the grip and grin, I hadn't heard that before, but that, um, you know, perspective that people have on hunters, I don't, I don't blame them. Like yeah. if I saw people constantly just post posting pictures of these giant, like antlered animals, like without a story behind it, I could see how they're just going out to try and shoot for a trophy, which people do. And I don't agree with, but, uh, for me, and I think a lot of people it's there's many parts to a hunting story it's the experience who you're with uh the meat and then of course the the the, like stalking an animal and like it's kind of like brings you back to some sort of like primal feeling i i feel like when i see an animal i i don't think oh i want to just kill it's like oh that's food that's, that's yeah, and, that's food. And I think hunters have like an obligation to share all because no one ever is mad at the like, hey, I cooked a beautiful moose roast story. And they're mad at the no. picture of you holding the moose. Or, but or even like, oh, look at this beautiful steak. Like, have you seen those stupid videos people post of them like cooking and cutting a steak? Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> that's ridiculous. But you're right. No one, no one harps on them for the the factory farmed beef that they just cooked. Yeah. So I think that there's. And, and we, we talked about this hunting is that like if if you've read I, I think you brought the omnivores dilemma first yeah. year <laughs> hunting it's like Michael Pollan talks about this shit too yeah. and it's like the the just hypocrisy but oh. there's also this there's a lot of hunters just post one photo and don't explain that like hey I put thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours of yeah. work into this like I'm really fucking happy because this was so <laughs> much work yeah <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that that is lost and it, understandably so, I guess. It's uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's kind of why it's nice like living in the north where like, you know, every second indigenous person is just like talks about hunting. Like every yeah. community I go in, we're talking about the caribou and it's like the, when these guys are like, yeah, this is a way of life. It's like, yeah, yeah it is. Like it's really fucking important to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's funny you mention that in terms of like, you know, talking about hunting, it's part of life. Uh, my wife, whose name is also Alex, for those that don't know, which is kind of <laughs> funny, but anyway, Alex she Alex. is a vegetarian, uh, but, and, you know, would never have entertained the idea of, you know, being with someone, let alone marrying someone who eats meat and also, like, hunts it. Like, our, I, I live with another hunter, like, very avid hunter, and our house is, you know, in the past six months, had four animals butchered in it, like, yeah, big yeah. animals. 
And for her, it's been like a very eye-opening. Do I? I try. I try not to like you know, you know, have the animal cards <laughs> out when she's home or whatever. But um, she she saw she sees the value in it. She's like, you know what? It actually just makes sense to hunt your own meat. Like if you like meat, why not? And now she's started to eat fish. She loves fish tacos. There you go. Like, she's okay. like, I, I, where? Like, well, how come I haven't been eating these? She's like, I don't know. Like. Well, but, especially when you live up here, yeah. it's like the fish is so sustainable. Like it, if you're catching fish on a line yeah. yourself, it's so yeah, sustainable. Like I, we're not, we're not, or I'm not netting them. It's, it's all just stuff I've angled throughout the you know season. So like, yeah, my fit, my freezer is full of meat and it like, you know, it feels, it feels good to provide myself. I haven't bought store-bought meat since I shot that moose. Fucking A. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so it's pretty, pretty sweet. And then. What other animals do we have in the freezer? We have fish, ptarmigan, grouse, uh, muskox, caribou, bear, yeah. moose in the freezer. That's right fucking now. great. Yeah. yeah That's and really then, nice. And then you enjoy eating more. You enjoy cooking more. And it's yeah. like it becomes well, more social. A, it's just like there's a every... story behind it. And like the gifting it. Like I think that's one of my favorite bits. Like I still don't, I don't eat a lot of meat. Like I sang to Alex the other night. I was like, oh, I only have eaten meat in a week or two. And she's yeah, like, oh yeah. yeah. So I pulled a few, you know, things out of the freezer to eat it just cause. Uh, but I, I really enjoy giving it to people. I think that's you know like they're like oh well really? especially people these? yeah exactly it's yeah. such a delicacy and a yeah. enjoyment for them uh, i i really really enjoy giving it to people i think that's get a lot of enjoyment out of that yeah. um yeah. okay so the next thing i kind of wanted to talk about is uh and it, and like however much you want to go into this is that you kind of you talked about it like having some issues with addiction having some issues with mental health like going on this moose hunt and then um we were just talking before this that like you had just come off like a few months off work like dealing with shit you also like when did you get married like i got married december 21st 2017 okay uh, yeah, so you're like relatively into a new marriage yeah. and like you know whatever that's hard life's hard <laughs> relationships yeah, are hard. I, yeah i won't <laughs> i won't really get into like no, our, no. our story or whatever but um yeah got uh where do I start with this, man? Like, so <laughs> yeah, fuck. wherever you want no, to start. It's, 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 I, it's, I, it's such a long hear. story. Like it goes back. If I really look at it, it goes back seven years. Like yeah. it's, it goes back to when I stopped kayaking and started partying. I like, you know, full disclosure, sold drugs in university to help pay for it. And that with that came the territory of doing them. Like yeah, I yeah. broke Biggie's commandment <laughs> you know? get high on your own supply yeah, well, i was getting high on my own supply pretty regularly <laughs> and it wasn't good and so um yeah it started about seven years ago on and off of you know i'm not going to get into the drug like whatever i was doing you know can i talk talk about that yeah you talk about cocaine. Cocaine. i don't know Fuck. You, whatever yeah, i was you doing cocaine like no, a lot yeah. of it like, i was doing a lot of cocaine and like <laughs> in ebbs and flows like you know i had you know we'll call it a healthy relationship with it at one point but it quickly turned into not a healthy relationship and with that came a lot of relationship issues like you know like i had a girlfriend that i was came or moved up here for me and like that really became between us a lot and um i uh i yeah so i guess when i got married Alex knew pretty well everything about me except for the that one thing I had. She knew I liked to party and like knew you know we we you know really got to know each other at music at a music festival we'd always go to and yeah, yeah. 
um, you know, we had a lot of fun doing drugs together and, you know, partying and everything. And she thought I was a recreational drug user and she quickly learned that I was not. And, um, well, like, especially if, if you're marrying someone like, uh, like I, I'm no stranger to cocaine and yeah. I'm recreational cocaine user, but it's yeah. fucking expensive and your money disappears. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, and uh, like, you know, I, when I came into a lot of money, it was like, oh shit, sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it quickly, obviously, became a very large issue in our marriage. And um, the people, when they're involved with somebody who has an addiction like that, they uh, kind of sometimes blame themselves or they think, what are they doing? Uh, and then they then they look at you and say, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And that's not the case. Uh, if anyone's listening and you know someone with an addiction, uh, they're not doing it to you. They're, it's their own fucking problem. And uh, there's lots of literature that you can read about how, like, you know, people are like, just stop. It's like, you fucking can't. Like, don't just, don't ever say that to anyone. Uh, if I can say anything, just be supportive. Like, uh, yeah. It, it, and uh, it's like so much. Well, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't speak. I don't know, whatever. I've had some issues with addiction and like yeah. got to the edges. But it's like it's it's a symptom of like an issue exactly. in yourself, yeah. you know? Exactly. And for people to blame themselves on it or for to like, you know, be like, well, can't you just stop doing that? It's like, no, you have to fix the underlying cause yeah, in a... yourself, which a lot of us don't want to face our demons. No. And that it's forced me to do that. Uh, well, a little bit. I'm kind of like starting to get into that because you have to kind of, your brain chemistry has to sort yeah, itself exactly. out again and I, uh, so when you say like you, you've kind of yourself have, you know, experienced issues, uh, I'm, I haven't read it all yet, but I'm reading a book with Alex. It's called, uh, the addiction spectrum. Yeah. And there's a doctor who like, he describes it. It's a spectrum. Like you need to assess where you are on that spectrum. Yeah. And is sense. that, is that a health, is it, is it working for you or not? Um, because in a sense, everyone's on the spectrum, like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm in, right now I'm involved in like a program called the matrix program. And so three nights a week I go and we work through all this stuff and it's, you know, it's been kind of helpful, uh, or it's been not kind of, it's been helpful. And one of the things they talk about is like people having alcohol arguments. So it's like, no, I'm going to give up cocaine, but I'll still drink. It's like, that doesn't work. You can't yeah, yeah. do that. And people are like, well, I can stop drinking at any time. And then a question I've even asked you is like, well, why don't you just stop for a week? Well, I don't have to. It's like, well, could you? And so to me, it's like that person is on a spectrum. They might not be way at the end I was on, but they're, you know, they're, they're you have to kind of keep, keep, keep tabs on where you're on the spectrum, I guess. And yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. And it's, it's actually been a pretty, it's been a, a good book to read because I think, yeah, it just kind of opens your eyes up. It's, it points out a lot of the obvious things, uh, but it also, I like the idea that it is a spectrum. Like uh, I still, you know, I smoke weed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some counselors call it the marijuana maintenance program, <laughs> but I'm trying not to make it that I think, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I still, you know, smoke weed. So I'm not like a hundred percent sober, but weed was not, not my problem. It was cocaine and like, a little, you know, alcohol also. Um, but in terms of the moose thing, so yeah, I, I, I was drinking still, but I thought, you know, I could not do the cocaine thing. And I was using that as like a car, like, I don't know, so this, uh, karma is not the right word, but I'm going to use that word to describe it. Uh, this karma, karma energy or whatever to help manifest this moose. And 
sure enough, I got a moose and I stayed clean for a while. And I, I, I really don't remember when I quote unquote relapsed or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I've started doing it again. It was just like, Oh, one time here, one time yeah, there. Yeah. And the next thing you know, yeah, I'm doing it by myself again. And, uh, it, uh, I fell out of it and, and it was a really, really rough winter. So I think it was around the beginning of December. I started doing it again. And then by Christmas, there was a week I did it every day and, you know, Alex found out she was really upset and it, that's when my life, like that was kind of like my rock bottom was Christmas. And she left to go to Hawaii and I was left by myself to deal with this. And I, you know, I had a decision to make. It's like, you're either going to do it or you're not. And I, <clears throat> I saw a doctor to, cause I, I was incredibly depressed, like not suicidal. Like I had pa what they call passive suicidal thoughts. So it's like, oh yeah, I could kill myself, but would I actually do it? No. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people have those thoughts. Uh, yeah, well, and I, I sometimes think that, like, being... Well, I've been depressed where it's just, like, it's not that I'm suicidal. I just don't really give a fuck about living, which is almost worse, you know? Yeah. Sometimes being suicidal has, like, some, like, craziness to it. It's like mm. you're just, like, dead inside, which yeah. is almost just... It sucks. Yeah. Like, I have never been so depressed. And, like, so there's a lot of things. There's, like, you know, the, the no sun... Yeah, problems in your relationship I, addiction issues uh your brain chemistry is so fucked up that you can't i had like i was i was fucked i was i was a piece of shit i was on like i stopped doing coke uh i think december 26 was one of the last times i had done it and then to be fully honest i didn't do it for i think about three weeks my mom came up and you know helped me out for a couple weeks and I was clean until about I want to say like the end of January and then I kind of like my mom left sorry mom and then I did uh, <laughs> I did it a couple more times and then on my birthday I turned 30 and I don't know why I used this as like you know what, it's gonna be my last time to do it and I did I partied hard that night as like okay, this is my last straw and I'm gonna go f I'm gonna actually actually do this because i'm 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 sick and tired of being sick and tired i'm i have an amazing wife like i couldn't ask for you know a better person to be by my side in apartment so why would i want to fuck that up why would i want to ruin my finances i'm not going anywhere in life having all these realizations and then like oh fuck i'm 30 years old and i have nothing to show for it i it was like i've never been so motivated to actually get better and so yeah, saw a doctor, got on antidepressants, and that helped me then tackle the issue of depression. Or no, so I got the depression figured out with medication, which I, you know, I dug my heels into forever about. Uh, yeah. But it helped me then uh, tackle the addiction portion. Uh, yeah, and that's like we. I think when I hear people being anti-medication and then like having an addiction thing, it's like, and then like you say, there's also the like not sleeping properly, the darkness. It's like, do you know how fucked your brain chemistry is? And you're like mad that we have a chemical that can fix it. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. It's like I was I was using drugs and alcohol. Yeah, to, you were like, using to other make chemicals it, to make me feel the way I wanted to feel <laughs> that these antidepressants would help. And so like. There's a bunch of different types of antidepressants. The one I was doing, they're called serotonin uptake inhibitors. So essentially SSRIs, they... SSRIs, yeah. Yeah, SSRIs. And so it take a while to work. And But when... It was funny. Like, it was, I don't know when it was, but it was like, it clicked. And I was like, whoa. 
Yeah, this oh, is. Oh wow! Shit, I feel this is good. How I'm <laughs> and it's not like to you feel, feel hot. You don't feel hot. Like that's. No. I think. Like, I think there's like anxiety medication out there that can make you feel like, oh, like different. That, well, but this made me feel in all through law school. Yeah, <laughs> and like this made me feel normal, and normal in a good way. Normal in a way that I could think clearly. I was communicating well again. So when you're talking about your meditation, it it just really made me think. It's like, oh shit, like, yeah. Well, and that's what, that's so funny about like, yeah, to me, I've had like moments of clarity. And the funny thing about a moment of clarity is it's, it's just, it's like, oh, this is normal. This is is like what my brain should work like, you know? Absolutely. Like there's nothing high and elevated about it. It's just like, oh, wow, I can kind of think straight and like. Yeah. You know, I, this like I can control my physical sensations and urges, yeah. and like know what's going on around me. Yeah, and uh, the only way you're able to, I and well, like, I think it's almost basically proved, not proved, but like you can't confront the way that you feel about things or manage those feelings until you do have a sober brain. I think exactly. The, yeah, um, you're just your whole lens is clouded and fucked up and. Yeah, I think it's uh, like, you know, having a feeling of anger. So for me, you know, like I've gone through this program, identifying triggers, blah, 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 blah. I was an emotionally triggered person. So having feelings of anger or irritability, I would just be like, shit, let's, I'm going to go get a 12 pack and drink it all. Yeah. Um, whereas now I feel like I feel those feelings and it's like a physical feeling, an emotional feeling. And I... You know, whether it's like a uh, disagreement with my wife or, you know, feeling frustrated with people in general, which, you know, happens a lot, I'm sure. And then, yeah. It's like, you know, recognizing that feeling and then learning how to actually manage it without just, you know, using substance to do so. And uh, it's been really nice. I, I like the way you talk about it as like, re- it's, it's. And this is how, like, I have, like, dealt with a lot of my shit is it's almost you come objective. It's like, oh, I'm feeling like this. I have this sensation. And the typical response as humans is, like, you want to blame it on the person. Like, and then it's like, oh, you're doing this to me, blah, blah, blah. But it's like what you get to this point of realizing, like, oh, shit. Like, this is just a problem I have to deal with. Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> really funny saying is like, uh, like I like you know if someone annoys me I'm the one that has to get over it and deal with it yeah exactly it's not you know that's the way they are and you know I that no one's gonna I'm not trying to change that I have to change the way I think about things and the way I feel and like you're allowed to feel those feelings like people shouldn't and like yeah, you own know, them for a bit and then oh yeah over. and like you know it's it's healthy to feel those things it's not healthy to you know it's like and no one said that you had to like those feelings <laughs> but to not like them and then get rid of them with, you know, something else is not really the right way to, to, to handle it. Um, and so, yeah, no. so it's, it's been, uh, a pretty eye opening experience. I'm really, I'm a lot happier now. I've, you know, started to wean myself off of the, you know, antidepressant medication. Um, you know, go to, go to a therapist. I, yeah, I'm in a drug outpatient program. Um, and I think a big part of it was refining the things that I like to do. So I went on, uh, a a muskox hunt with my roommate and, uh, he had an idea of what I was going through. And, uh, it was actually the second week I was fully sober. Uh, we went on this hunt and I had never felt more myself. There was no medication, no anything. I didn't take any medication during that week. The SSRIs, they, it takes like six weeks for them to work. And, 
So I just stopped taking medication, but I felt so good. Like I was always happy. The weather was miserable. It was freezing cold. You're in the tundra, blowing wind, <laughs> but I was cracking jokes and I felt like a million bucks. And I was like, ah, that was like almost an aha moment of like, okay, this, this is what I, this is, this, this is the feel. This is how I should feel normally without any of that shit. And so it's, it can be a little bit of an awkward thing to talk about so I'm, I'm glad that you're like it's it's nice to be able to talk to another dude about it to be honest um because you know i some people i know know what i've been going through and i i don't really talk to them in detail about it but i think uh what was i gonna say i think uh yeah the more you yeah the more you talk about it the easier it gets uh oh, fuck i had a train of thought and i forget well yeah it, it's <laughs> super interesting talking to you because you're i like I know you really well, but your level of ownership of this is like it's it's amazing, and it's it's something I'm just starting to do in my life. Is like you know, it, it's so stupid how people like who've gone through this, and and especially like once you've like kind of started to conquer it, it's like you should it should be fucking celebrated, you know. Yeah. And it's like yeah. when you're feeling fucking good, like I finally got here, and people like still kind of carry that shame with it, which is like not helpful no. at all. No, and to be honest, I don't carry shame with it. I think. Uh, the like I said, the more you go, on, I remember what I was gonna say. Uh, the more you go on with it, uh, the easier it is to talk about and own it. And I do feel pretty proud. I think I don't know what what did I say. Seventy. I have a thing on my phone that tells me how many days I've been sober uh, from alcohol and cocaine. Because <laughs> I am on a marijuana maintenance program. No, yeah. uh, so seventy-three days I've been sober, and uh, it's great. It gets easier and easier every day. Uh, but what I was going to say is the conversation can be awkward for some people to have because I like, uh, uh, so I've talked to some people that I know around me about like, oh, they're like, oh, you're not drinking. Like, why not? And it's like, I don't really, I don't go into this much detail with them. I don't say, hey, yeah, I had a Coke problem and it's been like this for this long. And, you know, I uh, really, you know, alcohol led to this and that is you know, people, the, the wheels start turning in their own heads and you almost see people being like, oh shit, do I have a problem? And I don't want people to think they have a problem because they'll ask like, oh, you're going to ever drink again? And, and like what I say is like, I'm not drinking right now. Um, to say, no, I'm not going to drink forever. I'm not going to do that forever is really hard for anyone to think about. And it's really overwhelming. It's like, oh shit, no, I want to have a glass of wine with dinner. I want to have a beer or whatever. But so what I tell people generally is if they offer me a drink or stuff, it's like, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm like, oh, do you not drink? And I don't like to say, oh, I don't drink. I, yeah, like, it's to say, I like to say, oh, no, I'm just not drinking right now. Yeah, perfect. It's so stupid. Well, they don't, they don't ask to questions. put it onto a binary, like, yeah. yes or no. It's like you, I'm just not drinking right now. At, well, and also, like, you're count, counting in days, and it's like... Well, like the the way people you should live your life is one day at a fucking time, yeah. you know. Or outside of even addiction, that's how you should live your life. Like, good you know? point. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> no, a really that's good a... point. And I think, yeah, that's yeah, it's the mantra of any addict is like, you know, one day at a time. Yeah. You know, I had a meeting tonight, and the the guy who runs it is thinking we have these things that we say before our meeting, like I'm feeling this way, I'm doing this, my issues are this, and the last thing is my goal is, and his was like, you know what? I was sober today. My goal is to stay sober tomorrow. It's like, sweet man. <laughs> That's a good... That's easy. Yeah, I know. It makes it, makes it seem a lot easier that way. So, yeah. Anyways, that yeah, that hunt really reaffirmed, um, you know, my journey to be sober for now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, yeah, tying back into the moose thing. Like, I think I've had these, you know, hunting 
and fishing or being outside has been therapeutic for me. And, uh, and I hope to continue to do that, you know, like looking forward to hunting, not looking forward to the next party. Yeah. And I, I, I think if I was going to design, not that I know anything at all, but like, like a therapy program, it's like, it's amazing to have like these resources you've accessed and like have some therapy. And then like, because then you like, you actually have to deal with it. And then you go out in the woods and you have time alone to think about it. It's not like that's your escape from society. It's like, actually, no, that's alone time to process some shit. Yeah. 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 Yes and no. So I think when I remember talking to my mom about this, I was like, fuck, if I could do anything, just send me to a cabin in the woods. And it's like, we can't just run away from your Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like you said, uh, there's a a famous psychologist, Gabor Mate. He's like a, uh, have you heard of him? He's he's an UBC professor, but he's like the leading addiction specialist in the world. And his thing is, it's a, it's a, it's not a disease of the brain. It's, it's a, it's something's happened to the brain. And yeah. a lot of the time it's some sort of childhood trauma that's so locked down deep down and, and, and whether, whether it, it's, it's almost like a subconscious thing. And then, you know, other things might happen in your life that lead you to becoming addicted to something. And, uh, yeah, so you have to fix the, don't treat the symptom, fix what's causing it, I guess. So, you know, medication can help in the short term to help you address those problems, but it shouldn't be used to you know again treat the symptoms for the rest of your life yeah well, I, and, yeah. and i think that's people who relapse is because they're not getting to those causes and yeah. it's like getting to those causes means facing your fucking demons and it's not easy and like no deal you know processing shit you like i like how you said like in your subconscious like you may not even have known that this was like this causal chain of just things yeah. building up and building up and building up mm-hmm. and like you know somewhere deep in your brain yeah. no huh? absolutely yeah, it's been an interesting journey, eye-opening. I, uh, it's been good. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about that? Like, why do you think you are, like, you became an addict? And, like, it, it, it's interesting because you said, like, this is, like, started when you were 23, like, which is... Yeah, I, uh... Like, what so was... So situational, like, I think I've always had an addictive personality, and yeah. I, you know, partners of mine have given me shit for this in the past. If it's not... You know, partying and drinking, it's its something else. And yeah, yeah. I think I, you know, if I look back when I was, I, I was like, fuck cocaine, drugs are bad. I would never smoke, you know, but I started smoking weed and, you know, I would then became a daily weed smoker. Goddamn was it gateway a, drug, man. It's a gateway. <laughs> but uh, no, it wasn't the gate. Like, it's not a gateway. Like, yes and no. But like, because even when I was smoking weed every day, I was like, I would never do that. I would never do this. I would never do this. But it was just circumstantial. So I put, I put myself in situations where like, you know, I, I, I needed money for school. I was, I knew I could sell weed. So I started selling weed and and you know what? And then you have people asking you for other things. So I was like, did I get the other things to sell? Hell yeah. Yeah. And then with that came the, like, you're then surrounding yourself with people who are using it. And like, honestly, I was selling, I was selling E, fucking MDMA, ketamine, study drugs. Yeah, the alphabet. The fucking anything. I wasn't (laughs) selling crack, meth, or heroin. And, uh, and then eventually, like, I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of those things. I was, I would smoke weed, but I had these other things. And sure enough, like, it wasn't long before I was doing those things. And it was a very, very slippery slope. And I slid down it quickly. I, uh. 
I think it was probably a probably a four month period from like or five maybe five months from like you know trying coke for the first time to to doing it every day and mm -hmm. I was doing it every day for a month before I actually you know asked for help uh, and it was because my friends noticed I was you know we would Skype or whatever and I was becoming I was looking like a cokehead like yeah, I yeah. was I, I was 140 pounds and you know I I'm five foot eleven I should not be 140 <laughs> pounds like uh, I was incredibly depressed and I didn't have the balls to tell my parents but I had friends and like you know you in a way I was I was asking for help so I was asking my friends for help to help me and they what they did is they they told my parents and they my parents were really good they didn't they were they you know they didn't get me in shit they were like just concerned they both flew out to victoria to be with me they're divorced yeah. and they like they both flew out at the same time and stayed in this under the same roof to be with me and to see me like you know like get out of that funk um but that was kind of the start and so with this program we've or i've learned i guess like Real from the time you realize you have an actual serious problem to the time that you actually commit to getting help on average is about seven years, and I nailed that to a T. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I, and like when he said that, I was like, "Oh no, it's probably been like two years." And I was like, "Oh wait a minute, I knew I had a problem at that point, but thought I could handle it on my own." So I went back and lived in Kingston for a while, and you know, I would I would go through periods. I'd be clean. Yeah, I was drinking beer, but not really to the rate I was recently. Uh, but I would be clean for you know anywhere between two weeks and three months yeah and then I would kind of go off and it wasn't like I was doing it every day but it was like oh shit now here I'm finding myself doing it two or three days a week and then I found myself doing it on, on my own again like by myself and then that's truly when you I think you you know really need to kind of reconsider your your relationship with it yeah well, it's like just definitely not fun at that point it's not, no it's not social it's not whatsoever. social at that point yes i you know what <laughs> i i have nothing against so like recreational drug use you know like i was there at one point but i slipped down that uh, spectrum scale and i uh i kind of thought i could handle it on my own for seven years and uh you know, I, I dated a girl here for a while. Well, you know her, Maddie. <laughs> yeah, whatever. She, you know, she found out and knew about it. And it, obviously it was not good. It, it really kind of fucked things up. And whether it's for good or bad, who knows? But it, like, I wasn't able to deal with it. And it really wasn't until, you know, I was married and, like, committed in this relationship, like, you know, legally in a sense that... <laughs> And, you know, I, I, in a sense, I felt like I had also, like, like tricked someone. And, yeah, yeah. Fair. And I felt bad because I was like, well, I'm actually a good, like, I think I'm a good, nice person. And that's not, that's not me. And I've now tricked you into this, like, into the, and you, you're now here with this coke, coke addict who's doing it behind your back, spending money and ruining a relationship. And I, I knew she was, she is like the best. And I, I, it was my rock bottom. Like I hit rock bottom in, like in Victoria, but it wasn't really, it was like me on my own, but now I have someone else's interest and I didn't do it for her. I did it for me and our relationship has gotten better because of it. And like, not only just be not because I'm spending money or whatever, but the way I communicate, like I still have issues, you know, sometimes I blow up, um, but not nearly to the way that I would when I was using drugs. Like when you come off Coke, you're irritable or whatever. And, 
uh, we communicate a lot better. I don't, at least I think we do. And, yeah. uh, you know, the disagreements we have now are, you know, like, to be honest, they're largely based, you know, off feelings and emotions from when I was actively using and which is totally fair. Um, but you know, we, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, it's a huge, especially in a marriage, like complete, like mistrust. Yeah. Can you talk kind of about the, the secrecy of it a little bit? Because uh, it's interesting because like, I didn't know any of this about you. No and one it's did. like, yeah, like I, I People guess. People knew I would do it. Cause like, yeah, of course, yeah. like, you know, we've done it yeah i've done coke with you but it's like you know i had no idea i mean like i've done coke with lots of people and it's like you it it's weird it's like drinking it's like you you would have lots of friends who are alcoholics and you have no idea like you're just like oh they got a little drunk last night but it's like oh actually they were getting drunk alone yeah for a week um and i guess the secrecy is maybe just like you know that like oh fuck i shouldn't be doing this or like people will judge me or like how how do you kind of feel about the the way people treat addiction that forces you to be secret and like or why you are being secret i uh, guess that's just kind of a an interesting aspect to me and perhaps that i'm such an open person that i think if i got addicted to anything i would people would know or maybe i just it's tough to say so i think the only the people who were like the closest to me knew what i had been going through since victoria or since the beginning yeah and they knew it was an underlying issue and kind of thought I had it in check. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the only person who actually knew when it was actually actually getting bad was Alex. Yeah. She, she would know. And so in terms of, like, how do you keep it secret? It's really easy. You just don't do it in front of people. People don't know. Like, I may have gotten a little top more talky. Yeah, I yeah. may stay up all night. But honestly, like, I've had a lot of people say, I was like, I had no idea. Yeah, no yeah. No fucking clue. And, you know, I do work as a, you know, we'll call it a quote unquote professional in the community. And like people are listening and they, you know, taking courses with me. I want you to know that I've, I've never been, you know, impaired while working. Yeah. Um, and that's something I have prided myself on is like, I didn't do it at work. Whereas some yeah, people drew a very clear line. That's yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I wouldn't do it because I, you know, I run high risk courses, all that sort of stuff. I could get a lot of shit if I got caught or whatever. I did get caught going, uh, I went to a caddy once and uh, someone thought I was drunk and I wasn't, I was tired. And uh, so they had to go through their protocols of like, oh, was someone assuming you're, you're intoxicated? I was like, I'm not. They're like, well, we, we just have to do this. Like you have to take a piss test. And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is on a Wednesday and I knew what I had done on Saturday. And I was like, yeah, I know what's going to happen. Well, and sure enough, most people in the, like, and that's not a required, like you don't no, work in a cat. No, I so. don't. But they had to do this as yeah. a contractor. They had to, yeah, I think most people in their twenties fail a piss test. Oh like, yeah. Absolutely. Especially <laughs> before weed was legal too. And yeah. that was on there. And that, that's a whole other weird like thing. I don't know how they, but anyway, so yeah, I failed the, I, I passed the, the thing they accused me of, which was drinking. I got zero, 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 zero on my breathalyzer test. I was like, yeah, I know. And then he's like, here's your cup. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I think you could tell right away. Like, yeah, this fucker's gonna fail or pass his drug test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I got a non-negative, and immediately looks at me. He's like, "Do you know what it is?" I was like, "Yeah, it's coke." And he's like, "Okay." So they had to send me back on a plane right away, and sure enough, then they send it off to a lab to get it actually analyzed because it just comes up, you know, not or like a, a, a positive for drugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then sure enough, get a phone call. Oh, you tested positive for cocaine. And I was like, yeah, I know. And uh, 
but uh, so it was, that was another kind of like, holy oh, fuck, now, now it's kind of affecting my job. If I'm getting caught, you know, looking tired and, and you, know, you, you know, failing drug tests, like I, I, my company does drug testing for contractors and here yeah. I am failing one. So, um, and sorry, circle back to secrecy. Like I, you know, I was able to hide it from, I think I've had three partners including Alex that I've had where I had this like active addiction and I was able to hide it for a while from one of them the Maddie I hit it uh, she would eventually she learned you know my you know signs as to when I was using uh, and then Alex was really like it was virtually impossible to hide it from Alex yeah. she whether it's just like you know our energies or you know i she would uh she knew and like i could tell when she found out i was using it a night and she would go around to surfaces and look to see if like i had been doing cocaine in the bathroom or whatever and i i honestly couldn't hide it from her i would still do it and i would just kind of face the consequences of getting you know quote unquote in trouble um and then but you like you're on your hook like even knowing i'm doing something wrong like i would still do it and that was the worst is being a self-aware knowing you shouldn't do it for x y and z reasons but still actually doing it really it sucked because it's like you beat yourself up then you know at the time alex you know she beat me up too and you know she didn't know how to handle it and you know, I'm not faulting her for the way, you know, like, you know, being angry at me because I'd be pretty pissed too if I didn't know that someone. And like, and and so, and, and, you know, that, and it didn't fuel my fire, but if I felt like I was in trouble, I would, it it wasn't her fault, but I would just like, okay, well, I'm already in trouble. I may as well just keep doing it. And uh, so in terms of the secrecy, like the general public wouldn't know, but uh, my partners definitely knew. And then you took like, so you took four month leave of absence like what were you doing during that time off why did you take that time off was it just like you like we're like i'm gonna fucking do this figure this out now yeah so my job i uh do you know i teach people i'm in the public uh, whatever it might be but i was not i wasn't what what you call fit for duty like yeah yeah, i was depressed i was trying i was then i was depressed trying to stop drinking trying to stop using cocaine and and all at the same time and, and I, I was doing it by myself like I didn't re- I don't have that many friends here and I don't really have like that great of a support system so my work was actually really good they I wasn't like super upfront. I just I remember texting I was like I'm cocaine I was like hey man I don't think I can come I, I can't I can't come in after holidays like I just can't yeah. I'm going through some shit and you know my manager was really understanding he was like nope take as much time as you need please 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 just i want you to get better um then they suggested i look into short-term disability through our insurance which i'm still like kind of going through the you know bureaucratic bullshit of getting that filed and you know collecting my money for that but um when someone's conquer wants to get over an addiction they suggest you take away you know take six months off work and six months off relationships uh, because you are, you, you have to be incredibly selfish. You're only thinking about yourself and your own happiness. You, yeah, I, like that. I, you like, you know, the, like you, you can't have stress in your life. You cannot have any stress. So 
Well, and you also can't have things to blame, you know? So it's just like, this is me doing yeah. this myself. Yep. I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. Know? And like, there's... I like that. So I really, you know, I focused on myself. And I, you know, with that, I, I tried meditating. I'm still like, you know, learning. I learned how to do the things that I liked to do before I was, you know, so consumed by drugs uh, again. So I like to putter. I like to, you know, have projects or whatever it is. Now I found myself, you know, actually keeping busy uh, and kind of harnessing my addiction in a different way. So I have a lot of energy. I'm, you know, for sure ADHD. And I, uh, I, I found that, you know, I've, I've been outside a lot more. I've gone hunting and fishing a ton more. I've, I've, you know, found interest in the things that I had interest in. And I, it's really important that I stayed busy. So I did take that time. I reorganized my life. My shit was a fucking mess. Like, clothes everywhere you know my camping gear was broken unsorted and everything so I, I i literally spent like that time like you know getting my life back on track both emotionally and you know like physically my things you know like i you know paying off debts and like t- you know communicating with people that i owe money to or uh just kind of you know like trying to straighten things out before i went back to work and so i went back to work a week ago feels good because you do get bored and you know like you know you don't make as much money on disability as you do when you're working um so that was kind of a factor going back to work but it's yeah four months off was what i needed and i'm I'm glad that i did take the time off and i'm really really happy i had an employer that uh uh, was supportive of that and i think more and more support uh employers are supportive of that because you know mental health and addictions have you know the awareness surrounding it has increased and yeah and and like you're like a prime example of like you're a four or five year employee like you fucking proven it and like you you know taking that time off is a benefit to them and like we work in the fucking north so like employers have to deal with that shit yeah oh, and yeah. it's only to everyone's be- it's to the whole fucking society's yeah. benefit absolutely you know? i think honestly eat like not even just addiction but people who are like actually depressed and they're working i like take some fucking time off like amen i think like we work too i think we're like you know a society north americans work too hard and there's nothing wrong with working hard it's working too much so five day work weeks are bullshit i think they should be four days (laughs) if you still have to do 10 i don't know what it is but people need a break and people will break down if they don't and i really truly believe that uh if you are feeling depressed and if your employer allows you take some fucking time off, I make them. Yeah. Like I, I think like you the productivity or, or like, you know, performance you're going to get out of someone is going to increase if they take that time to themselves. And I like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes with my job, but I already feel a lot better. I feel more, I guess I feel more, more motivated to actually try. Cause yeah, like yeah. I was kind of on cruise control for a while. I was, you know, I wasn't really the most punctual employee. I was, you know, I was depressed. I would, didn't give a shit. I didn't really care if I had lost my job. I probably would have just curled up and cried and didn't, wouldn't have done anything about it. So yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, been a journey. Yeah. And it's way easier to take time off knowing that like your employer said, like you can come back to this because yeah. being, yes. you know, yeah. like being just like, I have nothing to go back to or like not having some certainty both financially and like mm-hmm. life wise, like makes that time off so much harder. Yeah. 
No, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that's, like, I, I can't thank my employer enough for being understanding uh, about the whole situation, I guess. So, yeah, it's been good. Um, okay, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. We're Sweet. at an hour. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll make a plug to uh, Alex Parrott is uh, also going to be teaching uh, outboard maintenance. <laughs> when is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. And uh, chainsaw maintenance. Chainsaw maintenance. Any like, small, and engine, small engine maintenance. You uh, you like to tinker. And hopefully we'll have a fully functional shop soon with all sorts of fucking things. And anything you want to buy, we could throw in there and <laughs> put in there. And we'll do all sorts of stuff. Sweet. Also, I guess I should not just plug the makerspace. Is that... No, I, 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 like, we haven't actually hung out and spent a lot of time yeah. in, like, probably a year, you know, since, I don't know, we stopped hunting and we, whatever, the fucking life happens. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been meaning to have this conversation with you because, like, I kind of knew some of this was going on. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we've spent so much time together <laughs> yeah. and it's so stupid to, like, not, you know. Yeah. No, I enjoy your company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with that, you want to make us the ship spell, and I'll sign off. Dispatches from the scanner. Thanks, Al. I really like it. Appreciate it, man. Yeah.